Welcome into our 5 o'clock hour of this Monday edition of News on the Hill. I'm Brighton McConnell, News Director for the radio station, subbing in today for Andrew Stuckey. Happy to have you along and excited to share our top news of the day, as well as a look at our 5 o'clock traffic and weather a little bit later on this hour. Also excited to hear Art Chansky's Sports Notebook of the Day and listen back to Mondays with Mac, our regular interview each week with UNC football head coach Mac Brown. His Tar Heels are coming off of a bye week, so Mac, I'm sure, has a lot of thoughts to share. Again, we'll be listening back to that Monday conver- that morning conversation, Mondays with Mac, a little bit later on. Let's dive into our top local news stories of the day. UNC police shared photos this afternoon of a person of interest in an ongoing sexual battery investigation happening on campus. Photos from a security camera in McClinton Residence Hall show a male believed to be aged 18 to 22 entering and exiting the building last night. The person in the photos does match the description of a suspect reported to UNC police by a victim who claims they were followed into that student dorm and groped last night around 610 in the lobby stairwell. An alert Carolina drew the campus community's attention toward that incident and those details. No updates yet from police or from through Alert Carolina, I should say, on whether an arrest or charges have been made. But the university did share extensive on-campus and off-campus resources for victims of sexual violence or those who are emotionally affected by news like this. Be sure to head to Chapelboro to check out those resources if you need them yourself or to check out the photos of the suspect in this case. UNC does provide a number to call if you happen to have any information to aid investigators in this incident. No local government meetings on the slate for tonight. We do have a long October, so we might see a little bit more meetings toward the middle of the month, but we still have a couple coming up later this week. Tomorrow, the Carborough Town Council and Orange County Commissioners are set to have their own meetings like normal on Tuesdays. There is a specially called Orange County Schools Board of Education meeting set for tomorrow night. It is virtual and does seem to be uh, regarding hiring a superintendent of some sort. It does not seem to be the official hiring but the next step in the process, perhaps, that happening again tomorrow night for Orange County Schools. Meanwhile, on Thursday, CHCCS's school board will have a work session themselves. But this week, no Chapel Hill, no Hillsborough, Chatham County Commissioners or Pittsburgh Commissioners meeting happening. The Pittsburgh Board of Commissioners last week did meet, and they also created a social district during that meeting. That means they'll allow alcohol to be carried from one business to another if that alcohol is bought at a downtown business. The board discussed it after they had for the last month and some change and eventually voted in favor three to two of that social district proposal. 97.9 The Hills' Reagan Allen has more on the social district and what happened last Monday night. The Downtown Advisory Board, made up of community members, unanimously passed a proposal to the board in June for a social district to be considered. The social district will include downtown Pittsburgh with an exception to the historic courthouse. Some requirements will be enforced for those businesses selling alcohol in the social district. The container cannot be glass, must be no bigger than 16 fluid ounces, and the container must include the establishment, the date, and the town logo. Pittsburgh police officers will enforce rules and regulate drinking in the social district. Pittsburgh's downtown development director, Teresa Thompson, presented the proposal to the board, answering questions, explaining logistics, and giving details. In the September 11th meeting, board members had concerns relating to the hours in which people would be allowed to take alcohol outside of the establishment. 
The original hours were 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Monday through Friday and 1 p.m. to 10 p.m. on Sundays. We became aware of concerns from a local organization regarding how these hours could overlap times when students are walking through downtown or to extracurricular activities. The amended recommendation is for the hours to be from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. on Saturdays, and 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. on Sundays. During the meeting, Commissioner Pamela Baldwin voiced her opinion regarding the new hours, believing the social district should be available less hours of the day. I'm still not in favor of it, but I will say that if I were in favor of it, I would be in favor of later hours, just as was indicated. And it goes back again to the children. A lot of children aren't, they're still around at 4 p.m. They're still on the street. Commissioner Kyle Shipp defended the revised hours, emphasizing the reason behind the social district is to boost economic vitality in local shops and foot traffic around the area. We are not um, condoning excessive drinking or allowing excessive drinking, but hoping to you know, sort of engage some of our outdoor spaces and, and bring more business to, to retail. Mayor Cindy Perry voiced concerns raised by members of the community who are against the social district. I have received a number of phone calls and emails and messages from members of the community opposed to this, and constituents are very concerned about how this is going to work. Thompson informed the board that more than 30 communities in North Carolina have adopted social districts. None of the 30-plus communities have ended the program and have reported more people visiting downtown areas. There also are no reports of increased crime or public intoxication. Concerns that were addressed by the community and board members, and they did not come to fruition, that there has not been those issues. It can be undone in the future. It can be amended. Thompson said that the next step will be meeting with the local business owners involved to discuss requirements and other details. For 97.9 The Hill, I'm Reagan Allen. And we have an overlay of the social district approved by the town of Pittsburgh shared in Reagan's corresponding web story on chapelboro.com. If you want to go check that out and truly get a good look at what that social district looks like when it is implemented a couple months from now. Now, also uh, less than a couple months from now, just less than a month or so, we will have early voting beginning and, of course, Election Day for our fall local municipal elections. 97.9 The Hill is once again excited to bring the candidates in our community's races to you right here on the air. Over the next two weeks, as we reach the start of that early voting period on the 19th, you'll hear from a group of candidates in a local race each day on our on our airwaves. We welcome them into our studios, ask them all a series of questions pertaining to their races and individual campaigns, and have come up with these segments for you to listen to. And while the candidates were limited in how long they could discuss each issue and how long that final segment ended up being, you can head to chapelboro.com to find links to every person's campaign website where they dive further into those issues. And you can also, of course, hear all of the candidate intros for each race as we begin airing them. To start things off, we are hearing from the Chapel Hill Town Council candidates running this year, and this hour we are hearing from the lone incumbent in that race, Amy Ryan. Earlier today and throughout the day, we've also heard from candidates Theodore Nollert and Renuka Saul. If you want to hear 
their candidate introductions and all others in the Chapel Hill Town Council race for this fall. Head to chapelboro.com. And again, you can also head to their campaign websites for every single candidate if you want to learn even more about the issues that matter the most to them and their stances on what matter the most to voters this cycle. We're going to take a break in a moment to look at traffic, but before then, a quick traffic note for the morning. There's going to be another concrete pour at the 203 Project in Carborough. Again, that's uh, the building under construction at South Greensboro Street. It looks like traffic on Roberson Street between Maple Avenue and South Greensboro is going to be particularly affected by some work beginning at 4 in the morning. It is going to extend into the morning commute, though, uh, with the town saying it should be complete by late morning. But in general, be prepared for some uh, slowdowns there as they're doing another concrete pour. People are urged to slow down, be alert, and drive with caution, according to the town of Carborough. And time now for a look at sports. It was a bye weekend for Carolina football, but a busy weekend for many other Tar Heel sports. The top-ranked women's soccer team was in action on Saturday, facing NC State on the road, and they picked up a 4-0 win over the Wolfpack. Even though UNC had four different goal scorers on their day and their offense has been pretty great so far this year, it continues to be the Carolina defense that dominates games and really sets the tone. Carolina held NC State without a shot in the second half while tallying 24 shots on goal themselves. That sums up what their most recent matches have all looked like. Meanwhile, on the men's side, certainly a defensive struggle and not as much offense as they had a scoreless draw with Pittsburgh on Friday. Carolina's goalkeeper Andrew Cordes had to make some critical saves in the final three minutes of the game in order to keep the Panthers off of the score sheet. But the Tar Heels, too, stayed unbeaten on the season. So pretty good weekend for Tar Heel soccer. UNC Field Hockey continued their strong play on the road this season. They picked up a 4-1 victory over St. Joseph's in Pennsylvania yesterday afternoon. Carolina was actually trailing in that game, one of the few times this season where they have been, and the first time since September 13th that they have conceded a first-quarter goal as the Hawks scored in the very final seconds of that first quarter. But the Tar Heels struck twice in the second quarter, iced it with two goals in the fourth, all from different players to improve to 8 and one on the season. The UNC swimming program began its fall slate with a sweeping victory on Friday. They were in Charlotte to take on Queens University, and then they traveled back to Chapel Hill to hold a great cancer fundraiser in the natatorium on Saturday. So congratulations to swim on both of those efforts. Less of a good weekend for Carolina volleyball. They lost both of their games of a road trip down in Florida, falling in straight sets to Florida State on Friday before losing 3-1 against Miami on Sunday. Happening today, the number one UNC men's golf team is in some of their first action of the fall. They are in Fort Worth, Texas, participating in the Ben Hogan Collegiate Invitational. Rounds one and two were this afternoon with round three coming up tomorrow. And at the moment, through round one, UNC is eight under par, sitting fourth on the leaderboard. They are eight strokes off of the lead. Arizona State having an absolutely incredible start to this Invitational. We'll see how the Tar Heels do in round two and round three tomorrow. Meanwhile, one last note on UNC football. Of course, again, they had a bye week last week, but they were still able to move up one spot in the Associated Press Bowl due to defeats above them. So they are now number 14 in the country, and the Carolina Athletics Department announced that their game against Syracuse this weekend is officially sold out in Keenan Stadium. That will be kicking off at 3.30 
on Saturday.